0: Oh, it's time. We're back, beautiful souls, for another episode of Real Talk with Ray. Today is going to be a fun one. Today, I'm going to teach you the art of doing absolutely fucking nothing and doing it well and enjoying it and not feeling guilt. Mm-hmm. You're all like, there's no way. There's no way, but there's a way. There is a way. I am an expert on this. Believe you me. I was raised and bred to be the top-notch fucking people pleaser. I can read people's body language, their eyes, their facial cues, just to know what the fuck they're feeling and what they need. Okay? It was bred into my mind that even if I was sick with the flu, puking, what have you, you still had to clean your house. You still had to go to work. You still had to do these things. This was bred into my mind. And about 10 years ago, when I started going down my rabbit hole journey of therapy, realizing the voice in my head doesn't match how I feel, what the fuck happened? And then it all clicked. And what's really funny is this last weekend, or last weekend, I should say, I I did nothing. Sunday and Monday? For Labor Day weekend, nope. Like the most I did was I went to the beach. But that was a relaxing thing for me. I didn't take my family. I didn't take my fucking I went by myself with my cousin. Like that is our self-care moment. That was like the most I did. You know, I hung out with one of my friends, Carly. But again, talking, chilling. I'm not going. I'm not doing. I'm not creating or planning. It was beautiful. And then throughout the week, as I would see people, talk to people, the natural conversation of, oh, what'd you do for the weekend? They would tell me their huge busy list. And then I'd start to feel the guilt. And I was like, nope, don't feel it because you did it and you did it well. And then it comes to me to talk. And then I'm like, I made a big to-don't list and I crossed everything off. And the blank stares. (laughs) They're like, what? You had like a big to-do list? No, 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 to-don't to don't do that, to not do that. I had a huge list of things that I didn't want to do. And I didn't do them and I didn't do them well. And I filled my cup and I was able to gain back my sanity and my brain power. And they were like, oh, that must be really nice to be able to just like not do anything for a few days. And I can hear and I can understand where that little egotistical voice is coming from when people say that. But guess what? I know the truth. I've been on both sides of the fences. I've been the person that has never felt like I could take the time. And now I'm the person that knows better. So I don't judge those who come at me with that side-eye curled lip. It must be nice. Yeah, it is. It's really fucking nice. And you know what? I worked hard and I earned it to stand right here and be able to tell somebody confidently what I did was nothing and it was great. We need more of that. So do what you got to do to settle into this episode because you're going to want to hear it. You're gonna need it. I don't know what the hell was in the water for us poor 90s kids when we were born, but our parents were fucking bonkers, okay? Only so much of that comes from the generational shit. The rest of it is just society and what society was pushing at that time. And it's not fair to us. We should not be 30 and exhausted, okay? (laughs) We have a lot of life to live and you got to learn to balance it. So go brew that cup of coffee, go roll that J. Hell, if you still have your tinfoil hat, grab that shit, put it on because we're going to really deep dive into your subconscious and fuck some shit up in the best way possible. You're welcome. I'll see you on the other side. And welcome back, guys. All right, I'm very excited to dive into this episode. Also equally proud of myself that I'm able to talk about this topic from a view of now being on this side of the fence. That stuff still trips me up sometimes. There's that one audio people use for like birthday reels and they're like, you know, you're still that 5-year-old version of you, you're still that 16-year-old version of you. And even though I continue to grow both in how I think and process, engage and behave in life, I always still get that like moment of just whoa, hold on. Hold hold the phone because sometimes the The adult Rachel's brain is just, like, firing tippy-top. And then that 16, you know, 19, 22-year-old version of me is like, hold the fucking phone. We say what now? Like, they're still here. They're still kicking. And that part of my, like, brain will be like, whoa, we just said that and meant it. Okay. Like, we really are doing this shit. Like, it it is not easy. It is not overnight. Um... The best way I can describe my journey is, you know, that scene in, I think it's technically 22 Jump Street when they're tripping and Jonah Hill's having the super like depressing trip and then Channing Tatum's like having the time of his life and Jonah's like, no, get down here. um, But then, you know, Channing's like, no, I gotta, I gotta fly. I gotta break the ceiling. I gotta do the best I ever can. That's literally what it's like in my head at all times. I feel like there's this super dark emo version of me that sometimes pops out and it's like, hey, but you didn't always think this way. Remember when you were a really, really dark bitch? (laughs) Remember when you were so depressed? And I'm like, "Mm, please don't. Please don't remind me. Um, But that does not discredit anything that I'm doing now. If anything, it only validates it more. I just have to remind myself of that it is it is possible it is possible to go from that state of constant buzzing and jumping out of your body chasing the next thing you have to do and being able to just chill and I'm not saying chill and like pass out and take a nap or chill and disassociate and like zone out through the TV because I do those things too um however that's not really chilling it's not Um, Because in those moments, we allow our subconscious to run rampant. And as much as we'd like to say that our brains are beautiful processing computers, which they are, computers fuck up. Yeah, yeah, they can be given the wrong code. Yeah, yeah, by you. (laughs) Yeah, Um, your subconscious is not supposed to be running the show. Okay. Just I I feel like some people don't know that. Your subconscious is there to just take in the information around you in your peripherals and like when you're not focused specifically on something to keep you safe and to be able to fill in the other parts of your memory. <laughs> um shouldn't be running the show. You should not just allow your brain to <laughs> all day no that's like dangling a carrot in front of a horse on a treadmill like nobody's happy at the end of that that was for what nothing nothing though letting that conscious stream just go you didn't have a thought to guide it so you just allowed the fastest processing part of your brain to just run a marathon and here you thought you were relaxing uh-huh. No, no, no. Your subconscious can process 11 million bits of information per second. Okay, per second. When you actually become aware of your surroundings and grounded in the moment, coming into your conscious mind, you slow it down to 40 or 50. That's it. In the tens, 40 to 50 bits of information Per second you know when you feel the rush to make a decision and you're like blah, blah. and you're like eh, that must have been my intuition and then later regret sinks in like buyer's remorse mm-hmm. yeah you let your subconscious run the show and then your logic was like hey babe <laughs> actually no that's cute. here's your facts here's your lists and you're like oh god yep yep i fucked up Okay, and then you have to fix the problem. Like, we're, we're going to get out of that. Out of that brain that is constantly just running, you know, Flash Gordon-style marathon. And just, what's that dude's name from Zootopia? The sloth guy that takes forever. I want you to channel him. Yep, channel that guy. I want you to slow so so da- so far down. You almost annoy yourself. Because that's right where the sweet spot starts. That's right where it starts. And for me, I had to have a therapist point out that I wasn't flipping out of that subconscious mind as much as I thought. Sure, when I went to yoga class, I was focused on what I was doing. When I meditated at home, I focused on the meditation. However, any other time throughout the day, my subconscious had the wheel. That's not good. That's not being aware. And one thing that I learned over time is from a very young age, my subconscious learned to take over to protect me. And I wasn't made aware of that until my late 20s. And by then, a lot of damage had been done. And I had learned that my brain would try to stay busy. Because if I could stay busy, then I could stay in that subconscious brain. My mind would move really fast through thoughts. They wouldn't get hung up on emotion. And I wouldn't have to think, about the sad shit or the bad shit, right? Because I was so distracted. Um, And in my early 20s, um, I experienced my first panic attack. As if I had just gotten divorced, it was the first time my son was at his dad's and I was actually alone. I was not living in the house with my mom and sisters. I was not living with roommates. I was not with a significant other. I was not with a child. I had nobody to take care of except for myself. And I realized... I really didn't know how to take care of myself without doing it for the benefit of somebody else. And when you're a mom, like, that is kind of a double-edged sword because, yes, of course, you have to take care of yourself to be able to take care of your children. But you know that everything you do is an example for them. And I was not about to allow my children to have the same stress or weight that I had that was unnecessary I was not going to put that on them and that is when I started to seek out therapy on my own at 21 22 years old and it took me a while to find therapists I felt comfortable with um and honestly it was really hard to find a therapist who listened more than they talked definitely didn't think that would be a problem (laughs) in that kind of profession but apparently that's a thing um and that took me a while to realize maybe i should keep switching until i find the right person but it wasn't until um one of my therapists had pointed out that i just do too much which i laugh anytime i hear that phrase that's that new phrase oh you're doing too much i'm like are you sure are you sure that's a new phrase because i feel like that was invented for me a long time ago i should always be doing too much. Um, <laughs> and that's when they suggested for me to write a to-do list and an equal to-don't list. Like if I'm going to put laundry, getting groceries, and you know paying bills on my to-do list for the day, then I need to put three things that I feel like I need to do, but I know I don't. The world won't burn or end if they don't get done. And I honestly failed the first couple times with the to-don't list because that voice in my head, every time I would sit on the couch and start to tell myself that I was going to relax and not, you know, put the laundry away, like I'd wash it, dry it, and fold it, but I was going to put it away the next day. And that voice in my head would pop up, tell me I was lazy, telling me I was selfish, and it bothered me. Because I'm hearing this voice in my head. Sounds like me, right? Sounds like my own voice. It's in my own fucking head. And of course, I would listen to it because it's this fucking voice in my head. Okay. <laughs> and I ended up admitting that to my therapist. And they were like, Are you sure that's your voice in your head? And I'm like, Oh, my God, are they about to- do they think I'm crazy? Do they think I'm hearing voices? Like, that's not what I meant. Uh, <laughs> but then they reiterated that they're like, you read The Four Agreements, right? Which I did. Love that book. They also suggested I read The Inner Voice, The Knowledge of the Inner Voice. And I was like, oh, okay, I thought it was too simple. But reading that book really opened my eyes and shined a light unfortunately, on some very dark parts of my childhood that I think I needed to be aware of and process and allow my adult self to do differently. Growing up, I didn't have options. I didn't get to speak up for myself. Uh, People who know me would be like, yeah, she's feisty. She'll tell you whatever the fuck she thinks. "Eh, It depends on who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to adults or situations where I actually felt unsafe, no. Now, if I was with another kid who was presenting the same type of abuse that my adults did in my life, oh, fuck no, I didn't stand for that. I could go toe-to-toe with a kid my size. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't fight off an adult or tell an adult to fuck off. But a kid, yeah. Yeah. That was the only time I could have a voice. Or if someone was picking on my friends, ooh, watch out, I'm coming for your ass. I am coming for your ass. Like, come for me all you want. I won't say shit, I'll just walk away, but say one thing under your breath about my friend. And then it's like that pit bull gets released. Um, But I couldn't release the pit bull for myself. I couldn't do it. Um, I was expected at a very young age to almost anticipate my mother's needs and these were things that I honestly thought were normal (laughs) I know that sounds so fucked it sounds fucked up to say now because I know it's not Um, but this is this is what my mother bred into me that it was how dare I not want to get up and get her a drink constantly and serve her and do all of these small things because she works for us she provides a house and it was constantly this back and forth of what she does and what I I should do to show that I deserve it, or that I'm grateful, I never got to choose how I showed my gratitude. I learned to have to show it, and how my mother would feel that gratitude. Um, and that's that's an icky place to be as a child. Um, as a little kid, I would say younger than 16. I always had chores. I Not a big deal, right? Thought that was normal. Even if I was sick with the flu, right? Even if I had a huge migraine or didn't feel well, had a horrible cold, diarrhea, didn't matter. My mother would still wake me up and be like, hey, you got to do the dishes. Hey, I need you to throw a load of laundry in. Didn't matter how sick I was. Her reasoning, she was teaching me that when I grow up and I'm an adult, I still have to do laundry. I still have to do dishes and I'll have nobody to help me. And if I don't do it, I'm lazy. I'm selfish. Like these, these were the things that got stuck in the little corners of my mind. And as I got older and moved away from my mom, they didn't come in her voice anymore. They came in mine. And that was icky and chilling. And that was very hard, very hard to undo. I still have her voice pop up in my head sometimes, and it's like fucking whack a mole. It's like, but no, I don't think so. I don't feel that way. I don't agree to those words. We don't tell ourselves this. We are not selfish. We are not lazy. We are doing what we need to take care of ourselves and our body. I'm not alone. I have a partner, and even so, the world does not burn if I don't do my dishes. I'm an adult. I'll fucking order food. Like, there are so many things that we can do to combat that voice, and that was probably the first thing that I really had to learn to work with before I could even relax, before I could even allow myself to do the to-don't list. I had to really examine that voice in my head. When you go to relax... What's the inner monologue? Do you allow your subconscious to run wild? Are you actually present in the moment? Like what what voices are popping up as you're relaxing? Are you thinking of all the things you're going to have to do next? Examine that voice. Put it under spotlight. Because I can guarantee you if it doesn't feel right, if you don't feel good after that voice is talking to you in your head, it's not your voice. Those are words from another person that were spoken to you from their negative point of view. And unfortunately, some part of your subconscious probably felt that to be true or had that thought yourself. So when you heard those words out loud, your subconscious marked those down as fact. They are not. They are not. But your subconscious didn't see it that way. So long live those words in your mind until they can learn to mimic your voice and pop out and guilt you anytime you start to relax or go against those little words tucked away. And it will not be an overnight process to learn how to relax if you're a go-go-goer. I'm still working that flow out. It's not easy. Sometimes your body needs more rest than you want to give it, but you have to listen. Burnout is real, and it's not good on the body to constantly stress your body out. And here's the thing, communication. The one thing that I think that I have that has helped me at least with my relationships and learning how to navigate relaxing and dissipating that guilt is if I overcommit, not feeling guilt. If I have the right people in my life, they will understand if I just don't have the energy. Because if I really love them and I'm there for every other moment they need or any other time they need, then they would understand what I need for myself in this moment. And I can say it's definitely weeded out the people uh, that are worth it and that are not in my life some people take offense when I take time for myself and they start questioning did I do something wrong is it me 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 Ugh! no gross stop <laughs> stop like nothing is all about you like never take something personally if someone doesn't have the energy they're not saying you're bad energy they just overspent They overspent and with how much people work today and how much jobs require of people, yeah, it's probably really hard to have the energy to go out and deal with more people. Do not get mad at your friends for taking time because I can guarantee you, if you put that voice in a spotlight and you really examine why you're upset that they are taking time for themselves. You will probably come to find that you are jealous or hurt. And that's okay. But ask yourself why. Did you need connection? Is it because you felt like it was personal? Communicate. Communicate. When I overbook, I apologize and I'm like, Hey, look, I taught a lot this week. I had a lot of running with the kids. And sometimes I'll give an option. I'll be like, hey, I don't have the energy for this. Would you be down from something low key? And if they are, cool. If not, say, then I'm so sorry. Can we rain check? And the right people will never get mad. They'll never hold it against you. And the people that do, boot them. Boot them. Don't, don't put your energy into somebody who does not want to see you recoup yours. Plain and simple. I don't care if it's your mama. I don't care if it's your best friend, your lover, if you have somebody in your life that seriously takes offense, when you take time for yourself, big red flag. Like that flag's on fire. Um, Because the people that love you want to see you love yourself. 100%. Because nobody can do all of that for you. And then you also, excuse me, become an example for... And I'm talking be present. Like if you take a few days off for yourself, the best advice I can give you to help to flex that conscious brain muscle is to be present in mundane tasks. I know that seems boring, but let me tell you, that is probably the easiest way to... Really beef up that conscious mind. A few years ago, I learned about Gathas, where you know, there's small little meditations that you add throughout your day. And this was a way for me to bring that mindfulness that I found on the mat and in class in my everyday waking life. I'm like, how can I find little moments to be grateful for? So as I was washing the dishes, just like in meditation, if I was washing the dishes and I found myself zoning out to the music or allowing my mind to run wild, as soon as I would catch it, I'd say, okay, awesome. Thank you for sharing those thoughts with me. They must mean something in my mind if I'm thinking them, but they serve no purpose. And so then I would go back to focusing on like a, 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 sense like the water i would talk about how the water was warm and i'd focus on the water being grateful that you know the water can flow from the highest of mountains to the deepest of valleys straight to my home whenever i need um being grateful for that there you know i love to try and do my dishes and pair it with the sunset because it literally frames <laughs> right in front of my kitchen window Um, So for me, I will listen to music and just stare at the sunset and be super present. My showers was another place that's very easy for my subconscious to run wild. And I started introducing mindful meditations in there, thanking myself um, for showing up, for being present in the moment. And I would just envision as I washed my hair, getting all the negative thoughts out, being very mindful of that, scrubbing my head, pretending like any dark thought that was trapped there, I was washing out. Same with my body. I would envision wiping off all of the dark energy, all of the stuck energy, and cleanse myself with the water. And that, I mean, water is healing in itself. And I did this before I learned about those scientific experiments about water holding memory. And that had only made my showers more powerful. Like, (laughs) my friends joke around that I'm like a master manifester. But like, for real, guys, when there's something I really want, I manifest that shit in the shower with the water. Um, I cleanse myself and I focus on it. And I focus on myself on how I can achieve these goals. And it hasn't fucking failed me yet. (laughs) It has not Failed me yet? Let me tell you. When I say a year ago, I said nope. This is it. I I did the dark side of the moon, uh, yoga event at Soulfire Yoga. That was like my second class there, but it was an event taught by someone that I had adored throughout my childhood. Um, that I just absolutely love as a human being. And I was like, you know what? No, this place, this human, like. Nope, I want to teach. You're right. I want to teach cause I hem hawed for so long because teaching and what I've used yoga for has become such a personal practice. It was like my baby. And it's always nerve-wracking sharing your baby with the world. You don't know if it'll be accepted. <laughs> um, there's bullies out there. But that moment, that's what I wanted. And I found myself like a month or two later, being able to purchase and start my training. That was like a random out of nowhere. Like here it was, something I was manifesting and it just popped right up. And then afterwards, I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. I just don't, I don't want to just teach anywhere. I want to teach at soul, fire, yoga. That's where I want to start. That's where, that's where I see myself. And I was hell bent on that. And there's that voice in my head that was like, Girl, <laughs> do you know how far-fetched this is? Like to narrow it down to only one place. You you really are not giving yourself options here, and there are several yoga studios and many of which have asked you if you're teaching. And I was like, "Nope, still fire. That's what I want. That's what I want." And I kid you not, a month later, Alyssa messaged me asking if I was a teacher. And I was like, okay, universe, (laughs) I see you. Kid you not. I was like, I'm not yet, but I'm doing my teaching right now. I will be certified in a couple months. She's like, cool. Let me know when. And in the meantime, I obviously continue to go to the studio. I love it. And every time I checked in, I envision myself sitting behind that desk, checking in my own students every time. I even took a picture of the front desk so that sometimes when I felt like that voice in my head was winning, I would look at that photo and be like, Mm-mm, girl, you're going to be on the other side of that desk one day, smiling when the students walk in, knowing the students when they walk in, like you're going to be on the whoop, flipty do. That's that's what we're manifesting. And every time I'd go to class, I as I was doing the flow and I was like listening to the teacher, I would envision myself being up there teaching a flow. And here I am. I'm not saying that you can just go in the shower and meditate on winning the lottery and it will happen. However, there are government documents that talk about being able to manifest and being able to remote view. Like these things are real. The gateway experiment is real perception is reality. Everybody, everybody is living their own reality. So how do you want your reality to go? Do you want to be able to call the shots, to hustle hard and take a break and fill your cup when it's needed? Then do the work because it doesn't matter at the end of the day because no matter what you do, Your perception of yourself will always be different than the perceptions others have of you. And that's fine. That's just the way the fucking world works. We just can't take that personally. We have to understand that when we engage with people, we are coming from our current state of thought and emotion. Like it sucks, but if people are not aware of their emotions, if they don't stop and question what they're thinking, what they're feeling, and why, then you become the Karens. You become the people that poop on other people because you've had a bad day. And that's not cool. Even if someone poops on you, don't take it personally, okay? Maybe they're just having a really, really rough day and they're gonna be really embarrassed by the end of it anyway. So, like, just dust yourself off and try again. <laughs> That's a really bad analogy for someone shitting on you. I'm sorry. But you know what I'm saying. Like at the end of the day, people can only meet you as far as they've come. And if you that's, – that's the other hard part too. Once you come down this rabbit hole with me, there's going to be a lot of shakeups in your life, both good and bad. You'll see who's really there, who's really on your level supporting your growth in multiple areas, whether it benefits them or not. You're going to see the people who feel threatened because now you're making a different choice for yourself and they just don't understand why and they take it personally. Be aware of those relationships. Give everybody grace. But understand at the end of the day, you control you and nobody's going to tell you to take a break. I mean, they might. But we know you're not going to listen, right? Come on. Come on. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I will. You know you won't. We all know. We all know. You need to make that voice in your head tell you to take a break. Make that voice speak up and say, hey, let's set a timer. That's another really great trick to getting things done, too. I know we talk about time not being real because it's not. But set timers. I do this all the time, heavily undiagnosed ADHD over here, but it runs in my family. I tick all the fucking boxes. It's just I make it work to my advantage sometimes the best way I can, and timers is how I do that. If there is something that I need to do or if I need to clean the house, (gasps) this is my favorite. So I hate washing dishes. It's gross. It's gross. My kids don't always wash off the plates neither does my husband. Things get thrown in there. And I don't like textures that are gross, especially when my hands are wet. I know that's very specific, but I will not touch paper. I will cardboard with wet hands. Can't do it. No. Um, So dishes is like that one thing that I'm like, always want to put it on the to don't list. And so what I do to remind myself it's not that bad is I set a 10-minute timer. And then I put on some of my favorite tunes and I start washing the dishes. And almost every time, I finish before the timer. And that gives me a little boost. And I'm like, cool. How quickly do I think I could do the living room and the bathrooms? And then I'll set another timer. And then I'm not actively trying to race the timer. I'm trying to set an appropriate estimate of what I think it will take. And then either great, I get it done early, or that timer goes off, and then I can reassess and say, okay, well, mm, I didn't get to this bathroom, but I only have 10 minutes until I have to get the kids. That 10 minutes is going back to me. And manage your time that way. It seems like a lot. It seems like it's annoying, but it's not. We have so many personal assistants. Won't say their name, Savannah. Yo, Savannah. You know, she she's always around, so you can always ask her to set an alarm. Double check that she does it though, because she don't she don't be listening. Um, she probably is listening to me, bitch, right now. But hopefully she didn't catch it because I said Savannah. But use timers. Use time to your advantage. Or if you're having a rough day, right? If you're uh, feeling a little depressy, and you're like, mm. I feel stagnant, I need to do something, I don't know what. Pick one activity that's fun, set a timer for like 15 minutes and by the end of that, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But if you're starting to enjoy yourself, keep going. Just allow yourself in and outs. Like, yes, commitment is great. However, you're allowed to constantly change these wants and needs for yourself based off of how you're feeling in the moment. Like that's where we need to get as a human race. I feel like everyone is so set on a schedule and I've been guilty of doing it as well, right? I've worked retail, I have kids. Well, I'm always on a schedule with them. So I understand. but I will say I've I was allotted a lot of different perspective, being a stay-at-home mom. Because my schedule was not determined by somebody else per se, I was in charge, right? And that's when you have to like look at your schedule and change and adapt. You don't have to say, okay, on this day I rest. Mm, what if you have energy that day? What if you were doing a good job throughout the week? Like You don't need to funnel yourself into such a set schedule. If that works for you, please. Freaking do it. If you can say one day a week is your you day, whoo, whoo, I will bow to you. Yes, please. I have girls that come to my Wednesday class, Lindsay and Logan, and every Wednesday, every Wednesday is Lindsay's me day. And she comes to my yoga class, she goes, gets food, drinks, she has, she went rollerblading with her friend the other day, watches the sunset, just literally pockets a couple hours of me time for herself and i kid you not i've seen this woman glow more and more every freaking week just by taking this time she looks forward to it now now it's like that middle of the week where she's like yes and i'm like that is where all of the human race should be not just rushing from project to project from priority to responsibility, we as a human race need to learn to be more fluid with our time. If we can get out of that subconscious brain, we can break some of those habits, come out of cruise control, and step into the present moment. Because I can guarantee you, the present moment is not overcrowded. It's pretty great out here. Not a lot of people have figured it out that it's here. It's cool when you can hang out in this moment with other people. But let me tell you, that present moment, when you step into it, you feel space. You feel a breath of fresh air. You no longer feel the walls closing in on you, the clock ticking in the background. You can breathe. You can think clearly. So please, please, as you start to go through your week, look at your days. Can you pick a day that you say is a me day? doesn't have to be the whole day. Maybe it's a day that you know you'll have a pocket of time that you can kind of, you know, funnel away for yourself. Maybe it's a time of day every day that you choose. Maybe it's in the morning before you go to work or before you wake up the kids Maybe it's at night before you go to bed. You take that time for you. Your lunch hour, maybe you turn that into me time. Whatever it is, find a fun, creative way to do some me time. Do it by yourself. Don't look for validation. Don't look for people to give you the green thumb or the thumbs up to go and do it. No, do it and come back with photos and glory stories and inspire other people to do it. Because if we can start asking everyone, how have they filled their cup or loved themselves lately? I think we could really flip the consciousness of the humans on this planet. Because most people would be like, what? What? Maybe, maybe there's a good... 15% of the population that would be able to tell you what they've done to love themselves for the day, but that's not good enough. Everybody should be able to take a moment, to be able to recall the last time they did something for themselves, to fill their cup, to come into the present moment. Rest should not feel like an earned vacation. Rest is available to you whenever you need it. You don't need to earn it. You just need to need it. And if you need it, take it. Take it for yourself. And if that voice, if that guilt comes back, put it under a microscope, turn the light on, and start asking questions Whose voice is this? Where have I heard this before? Do I really feel this way about myself? Do I want to continue to think this way? And if you find that voice isn't yours, and if those words have been shouted at you from somebody else, you do have my permission to grab some gasoline, box of matches, and light that bitch on fire because it does not, does not serve you. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Plant some beautiful new flowers in the arrangement that say I deserve all of the love and focus on that. Your homework for the next week, I want you to write down two to three things every day that you're not going to do so you feel better. Now this could be You know, something like adulting, like doing the dishes or doing the laundry. Or maybe you don't feel like mowing the lawn. Maybe you don't feel like listening to someone yammer on and on on a phone call, taking your energy. Maybe you don't want to commit to those plans that you had. Whatever it may be, ask yourself honestly and truthfully, What are three things that I could take off my plate and focus on what really does matter? And I promise it'll be the most satisfying list that you ever made and crossed off. So start making those lists. Start enjoying life. Start squirreling away pockets of self-care and love because winter is coming, my babes. That vitamin D is about to take a big dip, and all of my little flowers out there, I know the thoughts are going to get dark, times are going to get rough, shadow season is upon us, but this winter, I want you to focus on squirreling away little pockets of me time. That will be your gift to you from me. All right, babes, I set you free. Go do your homework. Go do nothing and enjoy it.